Eating a healthy, balanced diet is an important way to support your long-term wellness, but it's not the only way to promote heart health. Research shows that the ubiquinol form of CoQ10 plays a vital role in helping your heart, lungs, and other organs function at optimal levels. Obtaining enough ubiquinol through food alone is difficult, which is why it's recommended that adults over 40 take a daily ubiquinol supplement. To learn more about the benefits of taking ubiquinol and to find out if ubiquinol is right for you, visit ubiquinol.org. That's ubiquinol.org, U-B-I-Q-U-I-N-O-L.org. Looking to create your best self, whether it's good for you lifestyle hacks, smarter ways to supplement, or tasty tips to fuel optimal health, Talk Healthy Today provides you the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. I am absolutely in love with doing this podcast. I would be thrilled if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed to the podcast. Now, on to the show. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. Paleo, keto, vegan, oh my, making sense of different diet styles. It can be very confusing. What's best for me? What's best for you? What does it mean? What are the differences? Well, we've got the wonderful Kia Beatty here on the program. She is a nutrition coach. She works for Focused and Fit, which looks fantastic. And I'm super excited to have her. Hello, Kia. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on today. So I was reading that uh, your journey began as a young basketball player. So talk to us about this because I always ask people what when they first got interested in living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, so mine began, I mean, I played sports all growing up. So that I had a very active lifestyle and the health component really kicked in, honestly, when I was six and I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So that shifts your entire world. Um, I tell people, to be honest, though, at the age of six, looking back on it, it's really the only lifestyle that I know. However, when I look back on that period of my life, it was a huge adjustment. And food choices, habits, all of that had to shift. So um, I thought combination of being a type 1 diabetic and then playing sports growing up gave me that love and desire uh, um, for health and fitness. And then it's just kind of continued on post, you know, high school um, into adult life. And I have a 12-year-old daughter. And so now it's, you know, much more than just me. And a super strong believer that, you know, the habits that I model for her and the normal that I create at, we create at home in my household is what she thinks is normal. So it now becomes more, I feel like a role model responsibility on my part. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, I'm curious, what were the symptoms for you, just for people listening, like as, at six years old that you got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes? So I honestly had flu-like symptoms. And I will say that diabetes does not run in my family. And I was sick at home with what my parents thought was the flu for about a week. And after I was getting worse rather than better as the week progressed on, um, they took me into the pediatrician. And from there, I had about a five-minute meeting with the pediatrician. They He checked my blood and immediately told my parents I was either 
going to the hospital with them or by ambulance. Oh my goodness. Um, I didn't have time to waste. So it wasn't like I would, could go, we could go home. It was either or. And I was met in the emergency parking lot by a SWAT team of doctors and taken immediately from my parents. And I spent the next two weeks in the ICU. I was about three hours, they had told my parents, from not making it because my blood sugar was so high and I would have gone into um, a coma from that. And so, um, again, my symptoms were very were very flu-like. And, you know, I you have to think back. This is 32 years ago. The knowledge was much more limited than it is now. And because it's not something that runs in my family. So, yeah, no, started out like the flu and spent the next two weeks learning how to live this new life that's been my life for the last 32 years. So, Wow, that must have been really scary for you and your parents. It was overall. Definitely, I feel like because being at such a young age, I just... You go with it, right? Like you're, right. you're scared, but you know, my mom and dad were there. I knew that everything was going to be okay. Um, I definitely know for them, though, um, much scarier time and a lot of, um, you know, like regret. Like, what, what did we not see? What did we miss? What did we overlook? And so, and now that I am a parent, I can appreciate that same you know, feeling as you just want to protect your kids and you always take the blame first for what should you have done or could you have done. So yeah, very, very rough two weeks, but we came out of it and we're, we're here to talk about it. That's awesome. And you were, you continued to be athletic throughout your childhood, right? And into your adult life. I did. Yes. Yep. I played sports, um, basketball predominantly. And then I also played soccer And then I went away to college. And when college time came around, I kind of hung up the the competitiveness and went away to college and played more intramurally while I was at school. And then into adult life, it just kind of continued with working out. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, let's jump into this. Paleo, keto, vegan. Oh, my. Let's start with paleo. The paleo diet or paleo lifestyle is you're eating things in their more natural form that basically come from the earth, come from the ground. Um, You're eating the grass-fed meats. There's not anything that's processed, depending on how strict paleo you are. Um, Within the paleo diet, you tend to find that it's much higher in healthy fats. And and that's just, again, because of the food choices that there are. Um, It's a lot of veggies. It's a lot of fruits. And um, and then again, the meat and protein sources. So I veer off paleo because I do like my beans. And I do like my lentils and I do fine with them, right? I think it depends. So I would say maybe paleo focus, but, you know, or for example, I found this cereal that's amazing. It's got like five ingredients. It's got chickpeas, monk fruit, cinnamon, vanilla, and something else. And it's amazing. And yeah, it's processed, but it's still a lot better for you than, thing, you know, other things out there that are highly processed. But I still try and I recommend people try to stick to as whole food as possible. But sometimes you just want something crunchy that tastes like cereal. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely, right? But again, I think that just goes to the fact of it's, you know, overall, what is the majority of your food sources look like? So, you know, saying that you follow a paleo lifestyle, 
Are you going to have treats every now and then? Are you going to have things? Yes. But it's more, you know, this is in for you and like a lot of people potentially, it's maybe more of a choice rather than, you know, for a health reason or what have you. And that's where it becomes a little bit trickier. If there is a health component, maybe driving behind it, that's where being a little bit more strict has a little bit more weight. Because there's right. a little bit more purpose behind it, right? Whereas somebody who's like, no, I just want to feel really good. And I do want to potentially help prolong chronic illness as long as I can. So I'm just going to be choosier with the foods that I put in my body. Right. It's interesting you say that because people listen, no, I do have food sensitivities and that's why the paleo is best for me, right? Okay. And I think if you're trying to feel your best... And and if you don't have a health issue and you're doing paleo and you can play around with a little bit more, I think that makes a lot more sense. Keto is different in that it's more healthy fat focused. Talk to us about that and, and your thoughts on this. Within paleo, you know, you hear a lot about like it's dairy free and gluten free. Again, those typically happen in a line because of the food sources that fit within that lifestyle. Whereas with keto... In all honesty, it's what most people envision it as is it's a higher fat diet. And so you're not really as concerned with their dairy in there or not. Again, that would come back to the fact of if you have that, you know, it's food sensitivity, dairy doesn't sit well. Well, I'm keto and I just don't have that dairy component in there. So um, keto is something that can be beneficial when dealing or working with insulin resistance and trying to improve that because of the removal or the limiting of carbohydrates. And so that's where a lot of times when it's prescribed or recommended maybe by somebody in the medical field, that is usually the premise behind it is because for somebody, for example, if you're obese, you typically, along with being obese, comes an insulin resistance component. And so to help bring that back down and to help you create and control stable blood sugars, they would recommend more of a keto lifestyle. Oh, that makes sense. Talk to us a little bit about insulin and insulin resistance. I'm I'm sure people have heard those words, but if you can clarify a little bit, that would be great. Yes. So insulin resistance, insulin is a hormone that our body produces naturally. And it's the body, it's the hormone that breaks down all the foods that we eat. And so when you're experiencing insulin resistance, it means that your body has a harder time breaking down the food that you're giving it. And thus what happens is rather than creating more of like a stable or like rolling hill pictures on a graph, of your blood sugar, what you tend to have is these large spikes and drops looking more like a heart rate monitor. And that just makes it harder for your body to process and break down the food that you eat. And oftentimes what happens is that excess food that doesn't get broken down, you, your body has to store it. It has to do something with it. So rather than process and digest it, it stores it. And we tend to see it stored as body fats in the midsection. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> right? not, not some of the more friendly places we could use it or would use it to go. But yes, typically in the midsection area. Now, for people who 
don't have a medical reason, but they just want to try the keto. Is that something that you can that you see as sustainable? Hey, there's a few factors here that I think make it sustainable. I will tell you, my husband is one of those people. And oh, cool. he started doing it for a health reason and has been able to lose 40 pounds in the meantime uh, since February. Now, a few factors that come into play here. One is how disciplined you are with it um, and what exactly you're eating to meet that keto requirement. So he, I'm going to use him as an example because he's my in life, real life person <laughs> doing it um, and has had great success with it. Oh, good. And so um, he doesn't just eat he doesn't eat the common foods that a lot of people envision and that get promoted, I think, um, in marketing nowadays when it comes to keto. So he doesn't eat a lot of the fatty, the saturated fat, like the sausages and the cheeses and the pepperonis, because no matter what, those, our bodies aren't, that's not healthy. And from a heart health stand perspective, from a cholesterol standpoint, longevity wise, that's not something that's going to turn out in your favor. However, if when you choose the keto lifestyle, if you're still filling with, you know, grass-fed meat, you're filling with, you know, chicken that's free-range, and you're eating some of the leaner meats, and your sources of fat are coming from healthy fat sources, then that sustainability and from a long-term health perspective looks much more in your favor. The other component there is, is that no matter what you're doing, eating vegetables is important. And those often get left off when we think about keto, but from a fiber perspective, from a micronutrient perspective. So if you're choosing the keto lifestyle, when you incorporate those components and if you're able to do it, then it's definitely sustainable. Um, and I tell people all the time, my husband was somebody who he likes sweets. He likes pizza. He likes. So if you can stay disciplined in the beginning and you get through some of those cravings and some of those you know, events that just naturally happen as you're removing some of those food choices, after that, I mean, he went through our wedding, didn't eat cake, didn't eat. So it's definitely, oh, wow. beautiful. you know, you just have to. Um, but if you're somebody who you enjoy pasta, you enjoy bread, and maybe it's a part of your family, then maybe keto isn't going to be the best choice for you. Um, so you have to just look at your lifestyle and say, is this something that I can and that I want to? Because that becomes another part of it is that, you know, if you're constantly just dreading eating food, well, then now we're creating this unhealthy relationship with food. And that's something in general, as a society, we are battling heavily is positive relationships with food. So in my opinion, it's more, you know, is it sustainable if it's as long as it's something that isn't creating stress for you? It's not creating a negative relationship and um, you're not, you know, going day in and day out, just dreading every part of it, then it's definitely something that can be sustainable. And if you're doing it in a more healthy manner, again, not eating a, a diet that's high in saturated fats. 
Yeah, it's good that you mentioned that because I was thinking about how dirty keto is kind of a big thing now. So if you're just going to go through, you know, a drive through, uh, that's not good. I mean, even if you're not eating the bun, right? you know, because especially, you know, it's not just it's I'm really concerned about the factory farmed aspect and the other aspects that you just mentioned. So you don't want to I mean, I'm thinking maybe for a short period, if it helps you to get on the keto bandwagon, what do you say to people who are like, well, I just do it dirty and it's fine. So my question is, or my, you know, response is always, are you providing your body with foods that are benefiting your body from the inside out? So in my opinion, it doesn't matter what lifestyle, food choice, diet choice that you make. At the end of the day, what matters ultimately is that you're eating quality foods majority of the time you know it's not a you have to always believe me that's also not I don't feel sustainable we need balance um and to eat the cupcake every now and then and to enjoy the pizza but majority of your food should be working with your body it should be helping your body not making it harder and working against your body um And so with whatever lifestyle, you know, if that's keto for you, then go for it. Just make sure that the quality of the food that you're choosing is supporting you long term. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Let's talk about vegan. Yes. So this is one, a vegan lifestyle where you tend to see lower protein intake and a higher carb intake just because of the options that fit and align with this kind of lifestyle. Again, there's nothing wrong with carbs. Believe me, they are wonderful. Um, It's just you have to be aware of that when you're going into it. And as we age, especially for women, protein becomes even more important. Because as we go through the aging process, as hormonal changes take place, we become even more protein resistant, meaning we require more protein to help stimulate and get the results that we were getting with less protein as we were younger. And then also just from the fact of trying to build and maintain lean muscle, you need protein. There's no two ways around that. Um, You know, carbs and fat don't provide nor support that. So for somebody who's on a vegan lifestyle, it's more about researching and understanding what you're getting into with what food choices you have. And then also, are you able to commit, again, sustainability to that, that lifestyle? There are definitely people who are vegan who can eat more than adequate protein. So I'm not saying that they can't eat proteins. It's just the sources become a little bit more limited and you have to become a little bit um, more adventurous and thinking outside of the box to get those protein sources. Yeah, there's a lot of really yummy vegan junk food, I'll tell you that. My daughter and I don't eat dairy, and 
we'll get these pizzas that are amazing. I mean, as a treat, right? Or, or different things. I, I bumped into uh, a friend of hers the other day. Their whole family's vegan, and and he was he had some kind of jackfruit uh, substitute for or chicken substitute made of jackfruit. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, there's very interesting things. But even he said he's like, yeah, you know, a lot of these things are highly processed, so it's a treat, right? And I think you want to be careful if you're a vegan. You know, you should be eating your beans. I think, right? Mm-hmm. And and your rice and lots of vegetables and healthy fats and all that. And you don't want to be having the vegan, highly processed foods, you know, day in, day out. To your point, I think that's a great point that you um, bring up there is I see a lot of the same with keto as well, right? We have all keto treats that are promoted. And basically anything you can think of now is in marketing is there's a keto option. Right. So, with along with vegan option, it's you have to go again, go back to looking at the ingredients that are in the foods that you're eating. And if the ingredient list is a mile long, if it contains words that have every letter of the alphabet in a random order, you can't pronounce it. We go back to that whole, am I providing my body with nutrient filled foods? And even if it says keto or it says vegan or it says, you know, sugar free or it says you still need to be looking at the contents of what are in those items, because at the end of the day, that is what you're putting into your body and it's what's helping your body operate. And I kind of use the example for people. I'm like, it's like putting gas in your car right? The food that we eat is our fuel. So when you put regular gas in your car, your car runs. It's great. You get a batch of bad gas, you know immediately because your your car will still run, but it doesn't run optimally. And it's often, you know, stop, go, stop, go. Well, that's not great for your car from a long-term perspective. Same thing with your body and food. It may fill you up immediately. It may help you achieve a short-term goal. But long-term, are you really putting your body in that best position to live that quality of life that you want when we're 60 and 70 and beyond? Right. I mean, it really sounds like whatever you pick, whatever works for you, it's got to be whole food-based as much as possible. Yes, that's, that's my belief. So that's, and that's what I work with, um, you know, all of my clients on at the end of the day is no matter what we're doing, we want it to be benefiting and working for our body. And, you know, no matter who it is, if we have a short term goal of, you know, a weight loss goal or a performance goal, Ultimately, the second to that follows a long-term longevity goal, right? Even if it's not the forefront goal. So when you're looking at that, you want to be able to, yes, achieve that immediate, that first priority goal, but you also don't want to do it at the compromise of that second long-term goal. And so if longevity and leading a healthy lifestyle is important, then we want to get you there by getting that first goal as well as achieving that second goal. What do you recommend for people in terms of stocking their kitchens, having things on hand, you know, maybe meal prep? Because if without all that, you can have the best intentions, but then things can <laughs> kind of fall apart quickly. Absolutely. No, you know, our weeks are busy and the more we just have to own that. But then also set ourselves up to be successful. So, you know, I highly recommend one day a week you make a date with yourself and you head to the grocery store. 
Typically, it's a Saturday or Sunday. But again, I tell people, if that doesn't work for you, pick one day that does. And then along with getting to the grocery store, set aside about an hour. It doesn't have to be all day where you can prep and prepare things to have on hand. Um, I know for me personally, I my prep consists of a lot of batch cooking and I leave the food in separate containers rather than making like, here's Monday lunch, here's Tuesday lunch. And I found like I leave all the broccoli in a container and put it in the fridge. I leave all the ground beef in a container and put it in a fridge. And then what I just do is I take those and I create meals throughout the week with them. And the main reason for that is because I've just found that maybe this sounded good on Sunday to me, but by Wednesday, this combination, it's not working for me anymore. And now I'm wasting food, right? And then now I'm going to be more likely to head through the drive-thru, grab something that doesn't align with my goals. So when I keep them separate, I just find that it's easier to mix and match combos as the week goes on. Um, So, you know, I would highly recommend that you have one or two staple breakfasts. You can rotate them. I'm somebody who doesn't mind eating the same things every single day. But for some people, that doesn't work. So I tell that, you know, tell them, let's identify one to two breakfasts. You can rotate them throughout the week. You know, for lunch, keep it simple. Look at what you're having. You want there to be a protein source. You want half your meal to be veggies. Fill in with a carb and a little bit of healthy fat. That may look like a toddler's Lunchable. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to go together, right? So I just try to help people understand simple works and simple is easy. The easier it is, the more enjoyment we have, right? The less taxing. So Um, having your lunches where again, maybe you've prepped a couple veggie options, you've prepped a protein option, and then you can easily toss in a healthy fat of nuts on the side or some avocado. And then there's your lunch. And then for dinner, depending on, you know, your lifestyle, I, we like to eat a hot dinner at my house in the evening family time, the best that we can. We're not perfect by any means. So there are days it doesn't happen, but dinner is the meal within our household that, we cook fresh every, or I make it that day. Um, but oh, if you're somebody great. who, you know, maybe you're you're not, you have evening activities that just, so then know that ahead of time, have things on hand. Uh, you know, there's items that you can stock your, your pantry with, like tuna packets, salmon packets that are easy grab and goes. You know, you can have the veggies that are already cut up. One recommendation I give to people is, If you don't want to take the time to cut up veggies, buy a veggie tray. Pick off that for the week. You don't have to do any prepping of it. Just put it in the bag and away you go. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so having just having some of those and learning what you like within that to, again, so you'll eat the food. It just helps reduce that. Let me drive through the drive through because it's Wednesday evening and I'm tired and the week's already felt like it's five days long and it's only three. So... It's doing those things that just put you again in a more ideal position to help reduce that impulse of, you know, hitting up what's easier. Now, what are some of the dinners you make? I need some new ideas. Some dinner. So I actually like a lot of the Cook Once, Eat All Week cookbook by Casey Joy. Oh, cool. 
And she actually just came out with a second book. I don't have it yet. But the first book, it's actually 52 weeks. So the whole year. And it really, the way it's structured is you prep things one day a week. And then you have it in the refrigerator for the rest of the week. And now all you have to do for dinners is pull out and oh, just wow. put together. Um, and you don't have to follow it. Like week one is the first week you can mix and match. Um, and then it also has, and gives you the, uh, variations for like being dairy free, being gluten free right there for you. So that's something that is quick and easy to follow. I tend to stick to the basics. We have rice at least once or twice a week in my house. I'll throw us some stir fry veggies in there. I just dice up some chicken, toss it in a pan. Um, We eat some form of taco variation once a week, (laughs) whether that's (laughs) different protein option or maybe it's taco bowls or maybe it's nachos that we just all make at home. And then I have sweet, we usually have sweet potatoes for some other main dense carb in the evening. And then I rotate through between chicken Um, I like to do a combination of ground turkey and ground beef. Mm. So you mix them together. Uh, My family doesn't exactly love just ground turkey by itself. (laughs) So I find that. I get that. (laughs) If I do the 93-7 ground turkey and then um, do a one-to-one ratio with like the 85-15 ground beef, mix it together. They think it's ground beef. I'm just reducing the fat content and we get the same result. So um, I do that a lot, and I use my air fryer. Oh, I got to get one. Lifesaver. Okay, you got to come back. I need to talk about the air fryer. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about it while you're here, because I, I, my husband's like, you're always getting, like, I got the Instapot. I used it twice, and I love it. I just forget about it, and I get busy. I'm like, okay, I told him, I'm like, this winter, I'm going to use the Instapot. He goes, okay, hun. So now if I bring an air fryer, he'll be like, where are we going to put that? Right. <laughs> I, you know what? That's so funny you say that because I did the same thing with the Instapot and I I used it for a couple weeks. It was my fault because I looked up a few recipes and they tended to all be like everything in the pot at one time. And after a few weeks of that, again, my family was like, can we get something that doesn't look all mixed together, like separate <laughs> food item, you know? So I just didn't do a great job of continuing the research and finding. So when Insta or when the air fryer came up, my husband, much the same, was like another kitchen utensil. Like, come on, Kia. <laughs> but we have the one that is a toaster, an air fryer. You can it's a dehydrator, so it has multiple options. It's the only thing that sits on our counter. So I got rid of the toaster, the Instapot I gave to my mom, and so this is just we can do so many things in it. And the nice thing is, is that I can have that going. And if I need the oven or I need the stove and then things are done all about relatively the same time. And literally you can make anything like I'm a big fan of baking veggies versus steaming them. Yeah, soggy, eh, you know, we got to dress them up a lot to make them edible in my opinion at that point. So I bake a lot of veggies and I can bake them in the air fryer in 15 to 20 minutes and the whole batch is done. I do chicken nuggets where you just dip and make your own. So I buy like the chicken strips and then egg white or egg wash. And then, you know, the crumb, the breading, put it in there. And I've made homemade chicken nuggets, which my daughter thinks is great. And 
it only takes about 12 minutes. So from a time perspective, which I'm really big on that, like we have, you know, evenings, I would rather spend time together than cooking elaborate meals. So again, that very simple, very easy, um, the air fryer does an amazing job. Oh, it sounds like it. Now I love roasted veggies. Does it give it like a roasted quality? Yep. Yeah. There's an option and there's an actually a bake option as well as an air fry option. So it just makes it, the air fries a little crispier and baking is more equivalent to like in the oven when you bake veggies that way. Um, But yes. So depending on the one that you get, there's lots of different settings and it can be utilized. Like I said, we don't have a toaster any longer. I use that, pop it in there and you, you know, toast, toast or bagels or what have you. So I would highly recommend it. Tell us about focused and fit. Yes. Focus and fit. So we are a um, nutrition company and we work with predominantly women, but we do have male clients. We just tend to have predominantly female clients and we work uh, one-on-one. So there's four coaches on staff and with, we provide a structured, based on your goals, individualized plan that's going to help you achieve that in the most optimal manner. Um, and then we also have a program for active women in particular that leads them through not only achieving, you know, a healthy lifestyle, but also helps promote and improve performance. Oh, that's cool. How long have you been doing this? So I have been a nutrition coach in the nutrition space for a little over three years. Um, previous to this, I was in education. And then along with being a nutrition coach, I also own a gym. That's great. Diet is so important, but I'd love to talk a little bit about exercise as well. Do you have any tips for us in terms of, you know, thing I always think of is if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. I don't mean like you have to be overjoyed, right? (laughs) Woohoo, I'm running. I mean, unless you are, that's awesome. But you have to not be like, oh my God, this is so horrible. (laughs) No, I'm so, actually you, I was just making um, some content for, a social media post on that same exact for the gym oh, how is funny. that at the end of the day, you should be enjoying it overall. Now I can tell you, you know, the workout that our classes went through yesterday in the immediate, no, they were not enjoying the immediate workout, but <laughs> overall, you know, they enjoy the atmosphere they enjoy. And that's what it should be is that whatever style and modality you choose, you should want to go. It should, you know, even if it's challenging and maybe you're a little intimidated, but at the end of the day, once it's done, you should always feel better. You should enjoy the environment that you're in. It should be, you know, motivating you, pushing you because the truth is, is not every day are you yourself going to feel motivated. So you need some of those other factors that are like, yep, I need to be doing this. I need some accountability. I need to ultimately enjoy um, what I'm doing. And so with workouts, um, I highly recommend, and there is a lot of benefit to having a strength training component along with whatever else you're doing. Um, And I will say that between the four coaches that we have at Focused and Fit, two of us are in more of the CrossFit space. And then um, one of us, Lisa, who is our co-founder, our CEO and founder, she is in more of the triathlon Ironman. Um, She's actually getting ready to go to Augusta this weekend. 
you know, she's more of, she enjoys the cardio, but she understands and implements the strength component as well. So important. Our fourth coach, she is more of the, um, like bodybuilding, uh, um, along with some hit interval training. So all of us believe in and ourselves walk the walk that there needs to be a strength training component, especially for women. Again, as we continue to age, it, you know, we need from a bone density perspective, but also from a hormonal perspective, the more muscle that we can carry around, the better it helps us navigate through perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, um, you know, so for anybody there, I would highly recommend a strength training component. Um, and then, you know, again, having an environment that supports you and makes it so that you're wanting to do whatever it is that you're that you're doing. Well, this has been so much fun. There's so much great information. Is there anything that you wanted to add today, Kia? You know, at the end of the day, I hope, you know, my goal is to help as many people as possible understand that living a healthy lifestyle is achievable and it doesn't have to consume your life. That you can do it. You can still enjoy the foods that you enjoy from time to time and that down the road, it's going to be worth it for you because when your quality of life continues to be what you want, the effort that you did put in and the investment you did make in yourself is worth it. This podcast is sponsored by Konica. I'm a big fan. They make a great ubiquinol. They also have a seal, which is nice. You can look around at different supplements when you're looking for them and you can look for that Konica seal. That's K-A- N-E-K-A. And I'm so glad that they brought you to me because I just think you're fabulous. And tell us all the ways we can learn more about you. Yes. So um, at Focus in Fit um, online, you can also, my Instagram is Kia underscore Beatty underscore nutrition. And on Facebook, it's Kia Beatty. Terrific. Well, Kia, thank you so much for coming on Talk Healthy today. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this and it's been a pleasure to meet you. Looking for a way to promote your long-term health? Maintaining a healthy heart may take more than exercising and eating right. Research shows that the ubiquinol form of CoQ10 promotes general heart health, works as a powerful antioxidant, and can even reduce the oxidative stress associated with strenuous exercise. To make sure you're taking the ubiquinol form of CoQ10, look for the Konica Quality Seal and make sure ubiquinol is listed as the active ingredient. To learn more about promoting your healthy lifestyle, visit ubiquinol.org. That's ubiquinol.org, U-B-I-Q-U-I-N-O-L.org. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Healthy Today. Please do rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And also, if you want some behind the scenes on Talk Healthy Today or a chance monthly to win my book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex, which is a memoir, cookbook, healthy lifestyle guide, it's the title is just a play on words, please go to www.lisadavismph.com. Sign up for my newsletter. And once a month, you'll be getting some great information as well as being entered into a contest to win my book. So again, go to www.lisadavismph.com. Get more on Talk Healthy Today and keep coming back. There's always great information. Thank you.